Hi, and welcome to Healthcare's Perspectives podcast. In this episode, we get the chance to speak with Kyle. Kyle is a physiotherapist in an interprofessional chronic pain program at Kingston Health Sciences Center and a PhD candidate in the Rehabilitation Sciences at Queen's University. He completed a Bachelor of Health Sciences with a minor in psychology from McMaster University and a Master of Science in Physical Therapy from the University of Toronto. In this podcast, Kyle shares his unique journey that led him to where he is today. He also provides us with some insight on the healthcare system from a physiotherapist's perspective. Lastly, Kyle provides very thoughtful advice on students in the early point of their career journey. Hello, Kyle. Would you be able to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Thanks for having me. So uh, my name is Kyle Vader. I'm a physiotherapist by clinical background, and I'm currently completing my PhD in rehabilitation science at Queen's University. My research focuses broadly on chronic pain management, and my thesis itself is focused on team-based primary care for the management of chronic low back pain. I also still do a bit of clinical practice while doing my PhD. I work uh, right now one day a week clinically in an interprofessional chronic pain program at Kingston Health Sciences Center to also kind of keep my feet in the clinical clinical space. So that's a bit about me. Thank you so much. Uh, Would you also be able to tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today, and specifically what led you to pursuing your master's and your PhD? Yeah, really good question. You know, I sometimes even reflect on it uh, myself, and it kind of just like one thing led to the other. I feel like I've never necessarily been someone that's had like a super structured plan and then tried to stick to it. I kind of just always focused on doing good work wherever I was at that phase. And then kind of the next thing would work out um, and I kind of go down a path. So I completed my undergrad degree at McMaster in the Bachelor of Health Sciences program. And kind of during that time, I was trying to figure out like, what's the next step for me? You know, lots of my friends were figuring out what they were going to be doing. And most individuals or um, all of my really good friends are, are now physicians. So, um, and they were going down that path. And I, I, I felt I would maybe be interested in that, but I also wasn't necessarily sure so after completing my undergrad degree, I, you know, I was particularly interested in, you know, people living a good quality of life and the idea of letting people function the best they can day to day. During my undergrad degree, I had done some work. Um, I had led a program called Best Buddies at McMaster, which pairs students with individuals living with intellectual disability in kind of a friendship and mentorship program. So I had started kind of working with individuals living with disability. So I was kind of, I was interested in the idea of working with that population. And I think that was kind of something that then kind of led me to looking at careers that would 
focused on working with people living with disabilities. So I started looking at rehabilitation professions um, like occupational therapy, speech language pathology, as well as physiotherapy. I had personally had some experience where I myself had seen a physiotherapist in the past, but more for like, you know, sports related injuries. Um, so I kind of had a sense of what they were doing. It was a master's degree. Um, so it felt like a logical kind of next step. So I wish I could say I had really good thinking about why I chose physiotherapy as my next step, but it was a health profession. I knew that I could, you know, learn some new skills. And I also felt like I could try it out. And if it didn't feel right for me, I still felt like I could then do something else after if I wanted. So that kind of led me to applying to physiotherapy. And then I went to U of T to do my physiotherapy training. And then when I was at U of T, I was kind of still struggling to be like, is this the right next step? I wasn't sure. There were some aspects of it that I enjoyed, but there were other aspects that I was like, I don't know, this isn't, I don't know if this is necessarily for me. And I think that's partly because of, I think many health professions, there's a lot of diversity in where you could work. And then it was actually my last clinical placement when I was a physiotherapy student, where I was lucky to work at sick kids in their pediatric interprofessional chronic pain program. And that was my first experience of what felt like really providing interprofessional care where the team had a really special relationship with each other and the patients that we were working with um, were experiencing a lot of challenges. And that complexity really interested me versus working with sports injuries like that really just, I felt like it just didn't really get me excited and like I wanted to work with that. But working with individuals and their families who had more complexity was interesting to me. So that led me to really the chronic pain area of being interested in that, which I was then lucky to be able to get a position here in Kingston because they were working to develop a new interprofessional chronic pain clinic. So I got hired on to develop the role because the government of Ontario had recently uh, given more funding to interprofessional chronic pain clinics that were publicly funded across Ontario. So kind of the stars aligned, there was kind of just an opportunity. I, you know, applied. Um, I actually pitched as being a BHSC graduate that, you know, I'm okay with uncertainty. I've worked in teams, you know, I kind of see this as a big inquiry project where we're going to see how I can develop the role and work with others. So I really leveraged that and was um, lucky to get hired. And then I had worked clinically for about a year year or two. And then I started realizing like, you know what, I'm really interested in pain and I appreciate my work as a physiotherapist, but I'd like to do something where, you know, I can use my skills. Um, and I was like, you know what, maybe clinical research is a way that I would be interested in being able to also generate knowledge, not only act at the patient level, but hopefully be able to generate knowledge that can kind of have an impact at a different level. So not on the patient level, but more on the knowledge creation level. Um, so then that kind of led me to pursuing my PhD at Queens. And again, it wasn't a super planned out thing. I also similarly was reflecting after working for a couple years, I was like, okay, should I apply to medical school? My partner is in the medical field. He's now a resident now, but at the time he was a medical student. And I was like, oh, maybe I do actually want to go down this path. So I think for me, I've never had a super clear path. I've kind of just figured it out as I've been going. And I think I've really just kind of learned how to roll with the uncertainty and just 
focus on doing good work and then hope that things will work out in the end. So that's kind of a, maybe a not so short version of how I got to where I am. All right, thank you so much for sharing that. I kind of touched on this already, but we do have another question for you. Um, so something that is important for students to know is that physiotherapists are an integral part of multidisciplinary healthcare teams. So could you speak a bit more about the role that physiotherapists have within those healthcare teams? Yeah, so I think, you know, and this is something that I've learned, you know, I think going into physiotherapy, I knew broadly what a physiotherapist did. You know, I knew they try to keep people active and living their lives despite maybe having injuries or experiencing disability. So I was aware of that, but I didn't really fully appreciate like the diversity of where physiotherapists work. I think I knew about like physiotherapists working in private clinics because that's where I had gone myself. But I think the one thing that I I, you know, that I learned through my own training and now through my work now is just the diversity of different areas that uh, physiotherapists work. So broadly, physiotherapists can work in the area of cardiorespiratory. Um, so that could include, you know, cardiac rehabilitation, respiratory rehabilitation, or working, you know, in acute hospital settings to help people after surgery maintain, you know, good cardiovascular health, because we know after surgery, people can experience pneumonia or different things that can impact their ability to recover. So physiotherapists can work in that sphere. Um, they can also work in the area of musculoskeletal health, which I was more familiar with related to muscles, joints, and bone health. Physiotherapists can also work in the area of neurological health. So people who've experienced stroke, people who've experienced spinal cord injury, people who've experienced traumatic brain injury. And I, so I was a little less familiar with that. And also physiotherapists can kind of work in the area of kind of like multi-system. So, you know, working with people with comorbidity, maybe older adults who are experiencing multiple health conditions and geriatric rehabilitation at rehabilitation hospitals, for example. So those are kind of the different areas that physiotherapists can work in from a, a patient practice perspective, but we can also think of physiotherapists working in different kind of settings within the healthcare system. So whether that's in private practice, um, where people pay privately to go, also within the public sector, which can include in hospitals, in long-term care facilities, working with older adults. Also in team-based primary care, that's an area I've actually started doing a bit of research in, um, is physiotherapists working in team-based primary care settings. So it's publicly funded in Ontario, like family health teams and community health centers, and also different specialty populations. I've also done a bit of research, a physiotherapist working in HIV care. So for example, like in Toronto, there's a specialty HIV hospital that only provides care to people living with HIV and physiotherapy is a part of that team. So it's very diverse. And I think, you know, amongst the interprofessional team, um, I think a physiotherapist brings the lens of function, allowing individuals, you know, to fully participate in their day-to-day -day activities and often using, you know, movement and activity as an intervention of how to do that. So I often think, you know, physiotherapy practice really focuses broadly on looking at the person through um, what the World Health Organization calls the International Classification of Functioning, Disability, and Health. So looking at the individual in terms of 
um, their body function and structure. So whether an example would be, you know, how they're able to move their arms and joints and areas of the body and what their strength is, but also how they're able to engage in activities throughout the day. So, you know, getting up and moving from a chair, walking to the washroom, you know, walking up and down stairs, activities in that domain, but also the idea of participation, which is dependent on both their ability in terms of body function and structures and activities that they can do, but in relationship with their environment as well. So how people are participating day to day and that that interaction is based on intrinsic and extrinsic contextual factors, as well as health conditions they may be looking at. So really it's about helping people, you know, function um, and participate meaningfully so they can have quality of life. Thank you so much for those answers. Now, moving a little bit towards a different direction, we'd also like to ask you what you see as missing or needing improvement within Ontario's or Canada's healthcare system from your perspective, uh, i.e. from a physiotherapist perspective. Yeah, really good question. I think the thing that comes to mind for me is that, you know, in Canada, we talk about having universal healthcare and that means in practice based on the Canada Health Act is that we have universal health coverage for physician services and hospital-based services but that means that a lot of other services across the provinces are not um, available to individuals even though it may be very much required and I think that from the context of physiotherapy, I can think of it from that lens, but it's broadly, you know, we can think of, you know, dental care for people who do not have coverage and maybe can't access dental care, people who can't access, you know, counseling or psychological services to help with their mental health. And similarly, I would say the same with physiotherapy. There are certainly many gaps in access. So a lot of the research that I now do is around how we can create models of care that can improve access for people that need it. Initially, one of my first jobs that I took in Kingston after leaving U of T in Toronto was in a private clinic because that's kind of just the area that a lot of you can easily get hired on as a new graduate. It's a bit harder to get into the public system because I think, you know, many factors, there aren't necessarily as many just jobs in the public sector compared to the private sector. So there's just more opportunity in the private sector. So initially when I was working in the private sector, you know, I was actually working at a clinic that in Ontario, we call it like a, an OHIP clinic, meaning that we have a certain allotment of patients we can see where the government of Ontario or Ontario Health does give um, some money to provide care for people who, and there are specific criteria. So if you're under the age of 18, you can see a physiotherapist for a short episode of care. If you're over the age of 65, you can. If you're on Ontario Disability Support Program, you can. And also if you've had a recent hospital stay that then requires um, rehabilitation afterward. So those are kind of the four criteria. So I was seeing some people um, through a public funding mechanism, but a lot of people I was seeing through more private insurance, whether it was after a motor vehicle accident or long-term disability or a workplace accident through Workplace Safety Insurance Board. 
And I think the thing that I really took away there is that like, you know, I got into going into a health profession because I wanted to be able to help people. And I didn't just want to help people that had the ability to pay for my services. I wanted to help people who had a need. And I think also just based on my interest, you know, I was interested in working with people that were experiencing complexity based on both their social circumstances that were often out of their control, um, you know, thinking of the social determinants of health. And I was particularly interested in helping people that, you know, had needs and maybe didn't have the ability to pay out of pocket. So I think, you know, through my clinical experiences and now also through my research experiences, you know, I think to answer specifically your question, it's, you know, there's work to do to improve access to physiotherapy services to those who need it, um, both from a geographical context. So if we think of rural or Northern communities improving access, I think, you know, right now with COVID-19 and the rapid implementation of virtual care, you know, I think there are opportunities of improving access to care, even if someone can't be physically there, I think there's opportunity. But yeah, it's really about how we can improve access for those not only those who can afford services, because sometimes those are the people that need it the most. So I think there are, there are exciting steps being taken, like even the fact that I now work in an interprofessional chronic pain clinic in Ontario, and that that was implemented in response on the government's response to the opioid crisis. So there are steps being taken and recognizing that people don't have access to physiotherapy, as well as many other health care disciplines, whether it's dietitian, you know, there are many examples, but I think that would be how I would answer that question around access. We need to do better. Thank you so much. You brought forward a lot of very great points, and it's good to see that there's health professionals such as yourself who think about these things and care about holistic care and interprofessional care. Now, moving on to another direction, what kind of skills do you think your master's and PhD have equipped you with that allow you to excel as a healthcare professional? Yeah, so I think, you know, doing the physiotherapy, the Master of Science in Physiotherapy program, I think that was just, you know, a really good opportunity to learn, you know, specific skills that would allow me to help people to stay active, participating in their lives. I was able to, you know, learn about how to work with individuals in a healthcare perspective, you know, in my undergrad degree in the health sciences program at McMaster, you know, we were exposed to, you know, health disciplines broadly in the healthcare system and, you know, factors that can influence health, whether it's at the level of, you know, cells and biology or at the level of anatomy and systems or at the level of more um, public health and health policy, like, you know, looking at health from different layers. And then I think, you know, doing a health professions degree like physiotherapy, it's, it's a very practical degree. It's about learning how to do the work of that profession. So very practical and applied. When I was doing um, my degree at U of T in physiotherapy, um, a part of the master's program is we also do a research program. And um, I was really lucky to be paired with Dr. Kelly O'Brien, who's a faculty member who does, uh, is one of the leading people, you know, in the world. 
and has really carved out an area of research around rehabilitation for people living with HIV. So I did a qualitative study where we um, interviewed people living with HIV to understand kind of their readiness to engage in exercise as part of an intervention in their healthcare to manage disability and improve their overall quality of life. So I kind of got a taste of research then. So I, through the program, I was also able to learn about research and the value of health research and clinical research. I think in my undergrad degree, I was afraid of research being like, oh my gosh, this means getting a pipette, like um, doing a Western blot, like sitting in a lab. And that always just seemed intimidating to me and a little more removed. Like I just didn't relate to it. Like I, I know this is fundamental research and, you know, some people are meant to do that, but it never really was for me, both because it seemed intimidating and like I didn't know enough. Um, and also it just felt like, you know, other people, other smart people do that. I don't do that. Like I have a different area I can maybe be of service in. And so doing more clinical based research, it, I was like, oh, like I could see myself, you know, engaging in research at a more clinical level and that that, you know, I could fit there and my clinical training can help me to do a good job of that because I know, you know, what are the real world everyday challenges when I work with patients or what are the challenges that patients tell me or what are the challenges as a healthcare provider or what are the limitations in the system that I experience that I'm like, we need to do better and, you know, research and establishing and generating knowledge or evidence can be a tool to then advocate for change. So yeah, I would say my master's program very much gave me the, the very practical and applied skills to be able to work with patients as a physiotherapist. And then now going down a PhD route, you know, my goal is to be more in an academic role where I won't necessarily be working clinically every day. Um, I'd like to still keep a clinical tie moving forward, but going down more an academic and teaching and research path moving forward. And I think, you know, I really look at research, clinical health research as an opportunity, as I said, you know, the goal is we want to either improve how healthcare is being delivered, improve our understanding of patients' experiences so we can better train healthcare providers to meet their needs, um, and also advocate and you know, speak to policy and decision makers to change policies and health service practices so that we can improve the way services are delivered for patients. So I think I really see you know, health research as a way to advocate for change. You know, People's advocacy and opinions are important, but if we have data to support that, you know, that makes your argument that much stronger. So yeah, I think it just allows both the clinical lens as well as the research lens allows me to, you know, be able to hopefully advocate for change to improve the way services are delivered and hopefully the outcomes that patients have going forward. And I think the other thing as well, like, when you look at the physiotherapy competencies, we have kind of broad competencies. And these are very similar, actually. If you look at health professions, regulated health professions, whether it's medicine, nursing, social work, occupational therapy, they're all kind of broad categories of competencies. One is around like expertise in your discipline. One is around advocacy, communication, scholarly practice. And it kind of continues along those themes. We have like seven or eight kind of broad overarching competencies. And another thing that I'm just really interested in is the idea of being an advocate to be able to advocate. And I think, you know, going down the research lens gives me the opportunity to use my research as a way to advocate for change. So 
yeah, that's how I would kind of hopefully I've answered that question. If not, I can let me know and I can add more or try again. No, that was a very good answer. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. It's interesting to see how your perspectives changed as well. But now more towards the mentoring side of it, what kinds of resources or opportunities do you think students should pursue to prepare themselves if they're interested in physiotherapy or healthcare? Yeah, I think the one thing that I would say if I would, when I now mentor students who are, you know, earlier on in their path than I am, I kind of tell people that like, there's no rush. I think I really felt like after finishing my undergrad degree, I then had to do something right after or else. I had totally failed in life and I was doomed. Like it felt like I really had to go down the next path. And I would just say, you know, really reflect on like, you know, what you've learned, what you're hoping to do. As I described, I never really had a really particular carved out path. And I think, you know, if I had spent a bit more time, it would have maybe saved me a bit of heartache or uh, distress along the way. I mean, I've learned along the way and I wouldn't change it now, but you know, I think just, yeah, taking the time to really think about what you want to do, aligning with what a lot, thinking about going down a health professional path that aligns with your own values and interests. I often tell people when I'm, you know, speaking with them or mentoring them, I'm like, you know what, I probably could have seen myself in many different health professions. It wasn't just one. Like, I think, you know, becoming a physiotherapist was kind of a stepping stone for me to now go into health research. And I, I take that clinical lens, but now when I do research, you know, I collaborate with, you know, many disciplines, for example, you know, we're doing a project right now where I'm working very closely with pharmacists and primary care, um, as well as family physicians and occupational therapists. I also, you know, in my clinical practice, I, I work very, very closely with almost every healthcare discipline, whether it's medicine, nursing, social work, occupational therapy, psychology, nursing. So yeah, I think by kind of going now down a research path, it kind of broadens what I'm able to do a bit beyond just focusing specifically on a physiotherapy lens. Um, and I think I partly am interested in that because although I very much enjoy my work as a physiotherapist, there were other areas that I was interested in, whether it's, you know, mental health and coping, you know, things that are maybe more down a medical path that I can now focus on in my research, but I don't necessarily, it doesn't fall within my scope of practice as a physiotherapist, but I can do research in that area. So I think just really reflecting on, you know, what are your interests? Um, you know, if you can talk to people who are in different health professions to get a sense. But I think the other reality is, and I often reflect on this with my partner, who's now um, uh, an OBGYN resident, um, you know, and we both say, you know, we didn't really know what we were signing up for. You learn in the journey as well. So you can only really know so much before you're in it. So I think just kind of, you know, bit of it is taking a leap of faith of kind of, I'm interested in this. I think this would align with my own values and interests. And also thinking of, you know, what opportunities it can give you. And I think another piece of advice I give people is, you know, when you make one decision and you go down one path, if you go down that path and then it turns out it's not what you were hoping for or it doesn't end up the way you were looking um, and uh, wanting to kind of end up, you can make another decision and go down another path. In the same way that I kind of pivoted from having just a clinical focus to having a more clinical research focus, you know, you can pivot and, you know, build on that experience and then continue on. Or I have lots of friends 
well, not lots of friends, but it just happens that a couple of my best friends that I had from physiotherapy both decided, you know what, I would really like to do medicine. And now they're both, uh, they went to medical school and now they're physiatry residents. So it kind of builds on the work you do as a physiotherapist and now they're physical and rehabilitation medicine residents. So, you know, people can make other decisions or I had friends who went, um, someone did an MBA and is now going more into health policy. So it doesn't work as a clinician. Um, and similarly, I had people in my class who, you know, someone was a dietitian, and then she decided she wanted to become a physiotherapist or, or someone was an accountant and they decided they want to be a physiotherapist. Like, you know, you can make different decisions. So I think, although your path may not be as straightforward, um, you can always make, make changes and go down another path if you like. So I try to give people some comfort by knowing that. And that concludes our podcast for today. Thank you so much, Kyle, for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And uh, you certainly shared some very interesting and thoughtful advice uh, for all prospective students.